This is Unaided, the brand building podcast brought to you by Leakside, a team snap company. Get ready to learn about brand marketing strategy from the experts. Here's your host, Evan Brandoff. Hello and welcome to the Wingrin podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brandoff. Today we have Aaron Levzo on the show, the vice president of marketing technology for Del Taco. Aaron has a super interesting background that didn't necessarily start in marketing and is now an award-winning marketer and super excited to hear from her and learn from her incredible career. So let's get into it. Aaron, hello. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hi. Thank you for having me. Where are you calling in from today? Outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where it's very cold. So it's February 10th. Or a few days before the Super Bowl, what's the temperature outside of Milwaukee? Oh, man, it's probably close to zero. It is cold. It's definitely cold. Snow on the yeah. ground? Oh, yeah. Yesterday, we had a little bit of a heat wave. It hit like 35. So people were in shorts and outside. but <laughs> And a little bit of melting snow, but still a lot of snow on the ground. Wow. Well, appreciate you joining us even in the balmy weather. <laughs> of course. So, Aaron, I'm super excited to chat with you today. And first off, I want to congratulate you. Your amount of awards you've won the past couple of years is incredible, including Top 25 Future Female by Adweek New York 2021, 40 Under 40 Brand Innovators in 2021, CMO of the Year in Milwaukee 2020, MarTech Leader of the Year, Global Internet Marketing Association 2020. I'm running out of breath just speaking (laughs) to all of it. And what's most impressive is you didn't even start your career in marketing. Is that right? No. Mm -mm. So you started in theater? Yes. So my degree is in theater for when I went to college and really thought that was going to be my career path. I was going to be in theater for the rest of my life and chose a state school because I didn't want to have a ton of student loans and knowing that I just figured I'd be poor the rest of my life as an actor trying to make it. Moved out to Vegas to start working my way up in theater and got a job in theater, which was great. And that kind of dropped me into talent development and training because I had taken a a management training course for Caesars. And they said, you're a natural trainer, which to be fair is like being on stage again, right? You're training, you're helping people. I love educating and helping people. And so they moved me over to the training team, which was wonderful. But then the recession hit and you don't need trainers if you can't hire people. And I remember that day being just devastated. Like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I thought I had found this career where I got to train people and help people and give back, but at the same time, still perform in a way. And Caesars asked, what do you want to do? And I said, I will be a housekeeper. I will clean rooms, which I'm glad they didn't choose me for that because that (laughs) is a really, really hard job. And they said, what do you know about internet marketing? And I said, I have the Facebook. Like that is truly all like, I don't know anything about this. But what I did have was like this passion and eagerness and energy to want to learn it. And also, I was in a crisis. I had no job. So I would have learned anything. And they put me in front of the director. She truly had no reason to hire me at the time at Caesars. She gave me a shot. She took a chance on me because of my passion, because I said I would never give up. And I have a strong work ethic. And I worked my way up. And I started there. And that's really where I started in internet or what is now digital marketing or technology. And that was the beginning of it. But that only became that because of the situation in which I was in. That's incredible. 
can't wait to get into the marketing portion. That's the focus of the show. But it's unique to have someone from show business that come on the show. (laughs) Yes. And I still love it. I still watch all my friends who are pursuing it. But after a while, people go, why don't you go pursue it? I was like, turns out I do like money. I thought I wanted to be poor the rest of my life, but I was wrong. What show or shows were you working on? I So in college, I did a bunch of different shows. Out in Vegas, I worked on Producers, the Broadway touring show. And I met a lot of great people through that. And then Bally's Paris Rio at that time had Jubilee, The Live Price is Right, and some other shows. And those were a lot of fun. And then Anthony Cool's Hypnotist show was... I never believed in hypnotism before seeing that show night in and night out and the people getting on stage and getting hypnotized and what they would do. I was like, this can't be fake. Like this has to be real. And it was, (laughs) there's nothing like working in Vegas. It's wonderful. Did you ever get hypnotized? No, I refused to go. Like I couldn't do it. I couldn't. And you have to want to be hypnotized. Like you have to give into it. And I don't think like, I'm so type A, like it was so, it'd be very hard for me to let go and and allow myself to be hypnotized. I always wonder this about shows in Vegas, and it's always the best shows and concerts. How many people buy tickets weeks in advance of the show versus they are going to Vegas for the weekend and then when they get there, figure out what shows they want to see? Interestingly, that has changed over time. So it used to be people would always plan ahead, right? And that's for any travel. And then as the world changed as internet sites became very available and people started learning. Same goes for if you go to New York, that half tickets and Broadway shows and things like that, you can get them cheaper day of, they would wait. Now, if someone really wants to see a show, then they're going to buy it in advance. So like Adele performing in Vegas, that's going to be sold out in advance. Lady Gaga performing, those headliners. But if you're talking a show that runs eight shows a week all the time, and is always running and there's always seems to be tickets available, then yeah, people wait until the last minute. And we aren't by creatures, last minute creatures anymore. Society has taught us to do that. Right. Interesting and excited to get into how you use that psychology in what you're doing today at (laughs) Del Taco. By the way, everyone listening, if you're having trouble getting Adele tickets, contact Erin Lebzo (laughs) and she has the hookup. I wish I did. That would be a wonderful concert. What was it like living in Vegas during the recession? Sad. It was interesting because a lot of people, including myself, including a lot of my friends and family, like we were all going through the same thing. We lost our jobs, right? I bought a house during the recession and everybody was like, this is as low as it's going to go. It's not like there's no way the market could go lower than this. This house is one half the cost it originally was. And I bought it and it dropped like 75% more. So nobody knew what was going on. Like people thought areas that weren't like up and coming just plummeted and did horrible and you were just surviving. And once I got back into digital marketing, you just survived through it. You worked your butt off and people wanted to work. And so there was this scrappiness of like, you were fighting to have a job because there was one job and 10 people applying for it for every single job, which is not something we're used to now. Right now, there's a labor shortage. At that time, people wanted to work. And so it's very different. And I think it also has to do with the work ethic I still have is you want to work. Like you should want to be there. And if you don't want to be there, go do something else, right? I agree. So Caesars gave you a chance as an internet marketer. 
Yes. This was back in 2008. So what did that mean? What did that mean, internet marketing for Caesar? So I started by doing just accounts payable receivable for all things internet expenses for Caesar's corporate. So all the properties, right? Mm -hmm. And... I didn't know what I was looking at. They'd be like, well, you have to know what we spent in order to pay the invoice. I don't know internet marketing. How do I know (laughs) how to check this? And so I had to learn. The other thing, like, again, I was bottom of the barrel, right? Like I was as low as you could go on the totem pole. And they would say like, we need someone to come into this executive meeting and click the PowerPoint. And I was like, please choose me. I want to do it. And I shared an office with two other individuals, ones that I'm still friends with. Like we could spin and like touch our knees. Like it was that confined of a space. And they would go, why are you volunteering the PowerPoint click? And I was like, because I get to be in the room. I get to be like in Hamilton. They say the room where it happens. I got to be in the room where it happens, right? Those conversations, these high level conversations were taking place. Then they said, we need someone to make this PowerPoint look really pretty and put the right analytics in it each month. I'll do it because I got to take home these slides and study them and understand what all this data meant because I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) And then... I took on marketing events and promotions. Like we got to, this was when online gaming wasn't a thing as we think of it today, but like I could build like ski ball online and people could enter to win and like do a ski ball game. And I was working on those things. We started QAing all 41 properties emails. So like, I'll be the first to say I'm not the most detail oriented. And so like, they'd be like, Aaron, find all the spelling errors. And I'm like, Okay. Like you just, you did it. Anything they asked me to do, I would say yes. I was also paid hourly. So like, if they were like, well, you're going to have to work through lunch. I was like, yes, like that's time and a half. Like I will absolutely do that. So I just worked and worked and worked until I got a call from MGM and they said, we want you to come over onto this side and do all ad planning and buying. And at Caesars, we worked with an agency at MGM. They want us to do our own ad planning and buying and strategy and tagging and attribution. And in my head, I'm thinking, I know internet marketing. I work for Caesars. I had never done my own ad planning and buying. Mm. So I go over there. The first four weeks at MGM, like I cried almost every single day. And they, because I couldn't get it. Like I didn't understand. Like how does someone learn to code a tag? Like how do I wake up at 6 a.m. to talk to someone in Manila about how the tracking is placed? I don't know what I'm doing. And the people around me, there was someone who would always be like, you just need to figure it out. I had no idea. Did you have an agency that you worked with? We were the internal agency. Uh, So we were the internal agency. Our clients were the properties at MGM. And so that's where like we were doing the work. But it was a lot of learning and a big learning curve when, again, never have placed my own ad buy in my life. And just figuring it out and learning from the people around me and how we calculate ROI and how we're tracking and attribution. But I got it eventually and ended up taking on five properties as the key account person and then got a call from Palms. Same deal. They said, we need someone to lead all marketing. I, at the time, was running the Las Vegas Interactive Marketing Association. And I thought maybe they would want to pay to place their job on our job board. I'll go over and meet with them. They told me about the job. I told them, like, again, it never hurts to have the conversation. I said, here's what I would need to leave. I'm very happy at MGM. I love my job. And I put out some very lofty things. And they said no, which is totally fine. 
And then three weeks later, they called me and said like, all right, touche. We'll give you what you asked for if you (laughs) come over. And I was like, okay, like you called my bluff. Let's go. So (laughs) went and did that again. So much fun. And then at one point we just decided like, I'm from a small town in Illinois. My husband's from Wisconsin. We didn't foresee ourselves raising our kids in Vegas. Not that there's anything wrong with that. We just were like, we should look to maybe move. Maybe this is the right time before the kids get in kindergarten. And that's when I left and went to Wingstop in Dallas and traded in Vegas vacations for chicken wings. Wow, it's so interesting. So what's incredible is you got thrown in marketing and so quickly moved up the ranks at three incredible different companies. A question that I get asked a lot by marketers earlier in their career is, how can I learn as much as quickly as possible? And it sounds like, for one, and maybe the main thing is just throw yourself into your work and take on as much as possible. Is there anything that you could do outside of your job? Or is there anything that you did do outside of your job to level up as well? Yeah, so it's interesting. I mentor a lot of early on career folks. I have in the past too. And one of the, they asked me the same thing. And I always tell them, I go, when you first start a job, think of it like college. You go to college, you go to class, but that's not where it ends. You go home and you do what? Homework. You study, you cram, right? Like there are nights where there's finals and you stay up all night because you need to be ready for this. Think of that as when you start your next job, right? Whenever you start a job, think of it that way. And I know that's frowned upon because people are like, no, you need to have work-life balance. You have to decide where you want. Maybe in the long run, you'll have a different type of balance and we can get into that because I don't believe in balance. I believe in blend and it blends together. But Mm. when you first start a job, it's not nine to five. That's when you're in the class. That's when you're in the course. But then you go home and you do homework. You study, you research so that when you show back up the next day for the nine to five, you're prepared, right? Otherwise, it just doesn't work if you expect it to all fit into this one little thing. And again, I say that and I know people, I've had people go, oh, well, that I don't want to sign up for that. That's fine. That's their choice. But right. the people that I see succeed and succeed really well, do not say, well, I can only think about this job nine to five. No, a career is something you think about all the time. Right. Let's talk about blend. I love that phrase. <laughs> So what does that mean? Blend versus balance. So I think the word balance makes you think of a scale, right? And it's like, I need to have this much work. And that means I need to have this much something else. Like it's weighing it down. And if work gets too heavy, then I need to put more fun or something else. And it makes it seem like work is a negative. Work is not a negative. Your job, your career should be fun and exciting and fulfilling. And if it's not, you probably don't have the right one. But so you have this and then you have all these other things in your life and your career is part of your life. And it's a very important part of your life because you spend more time with these folks than you probably do with your own family. And you blend it together. It needs to blend. And the other way to think about blend is there are going to be times where work takes up more of your time than anything else. As long as it sways back and forth and somewhere lands in a nice functional blend, you're fine. But when you start to think about balance, people start to go, well, I can work this hard as long as I go skiing on the weekends. No, what? Like, 
Or you could go get a job. Like if skiing is what really fulfills you and you're like hoping to fill your cup on Saturday and Sunday so that Monday through Friday, you go to this job, go get a job in skiing. Go do something you love to do and are fulfilled doing so that you're not thinking about it as like, all right, I put in all this time at this nine to five. So now I have to balance it with something else. No, it's a blend and you should be fulfilled with all the aspects of it. Right. So what I'm hearing is the greatest solve for finding the right blend is to do things you love as part of your career. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So do you love marketing now? Have you learned to love it as much as you uh, loved theater? I do. And I love tacos, but (laughs) I do love love marketing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I love this idea that a message, a story that we're telling can motivate someone to do something, right? And it could be take a Vegas vacation. It could be eat chicken wings. It could be eat tacos. But a message or a story that you're telling motivates someone to take an action. That is so exciting to me. And then the best part is that we can track it, right? And people will go, like, there's so much talk about tracking and cookies and everything right now. But like, when you think about it, people want to be tracked because they want personalized offers. They just don't realize it because they don't understand it. But this idea that we can follow someone through the journey to really help them understand and motivate them to take an action is very, very exciting to me. I I totally agree. All right. Before we leave Vegas, one last Vegas question. So 2013, I believe that the downtown project was underway. Did you spend any time in downtown Vegas? I did. And one of our good friends, Corey Harwell, has a restaurant in downtown Vegas called Carson's Kitchen. And first of all, if anyone's in Vegas, there's also one in Alpharetta, Georgia. I think one in Salt Lake City now. But it started in downtown Vegas when they were revitalizing it. It is by far one of the best restaurants I've ever been to. And just going down there and seeing the change was pretty impressive. Yeah. I had a a couple of friends that were part of the downtown project. So visited a couple of times. It was amazing what they were doing down there. But anyways, we digress. So the next you know, common transition in a career, the first common transition was from theater to marketing, and then from marketing for casinos to wings, the other classic transition. How did the knowledge that you gained through your experience at Palms and MGM and Caesars translate to now taking over digital marketing at Wingstop? Yeah, it's interesting. When I had interviewed with Wingstop, one of the things they asked me was, what's your favorite wing? And I said, I've never actually had chicken wings. They kind of gross me out. Like there's a bone in it. That seems weird. I don't know. Like, ugh. And it's literally like the only thing they sell other than French fries. Um, they still hired me. And you know why? Because it turns out to be a great marketer doesn't mean you have to be head over heels for the product, right? You have to understand the product, you have to understand the story, and you have to understand the psychology. Now it turns out I love wings now. They're delicious. Lemon pepper is my favorite. Mm. But marketing is about motivating a behavior, whether it is a Vegas vacation or chicken wings. And ironically, they have a lot of similarities because there's a crave or a need that's incited when you eat wings, right? It's a visceral experience. Your elbows are not off the table. They're on the table. You're messy. It is a very like, when you start thinking about chicken wings, you're like, you're definitely eating chicken wings in the next week after you started thinking about them. Vegas 
is a visceral experience. It's just a little Mm -hmm. bit different. Might also be messy, but it's inciting a feeling more so than just like, you don't go, well, I need to get a hotel and I might do something. You're going there to have a great time. You're also going to fill something inside of yourself, the same with eating wings. So shockingly enough, there's a lot of similarities. It's just a different story you're telling. And I've seen that everywhere I've worked, right? And every brand I've worked on and how we talk about it, different story, you're still trying to motivate a behavior. Right. So interesting. So it's understanding the products, the story, and the psychology. Those are the yeah. three things. And like Simon Sinek, when he talks about the why, why do you eat wings, right? The psychology behind it, then motivating that behavior. So why does someone come to Vegas? Why does someone eat chicken wings? Why does someone eat a burrito? Why does someone buy a pair of shoes, right? And there might be different personas in all of them. It might not be the same for every single person. And then motivating that behavior. Right. So putting you on the spot a little bit here, now at Del Taco, can you speak to a recent campaign or something, a strategy that the marketing team has deployed Yeah, and how you bucketed it into those three categories as you went to market? So our leader, Tim Hackbart, worked with the team to create like our current campaign is 20 under two. And it is a phenomenal campaign right now. And it's spot on. And he speaks about it much better than I will. But in a world, and if you watch our current commercial, in a world where everything seems to be rising in price, you need something that isn't going up in price, right? 20 items under $2. So we're speaking to value. We're speaking to quality. Our food is fresh. And like we make our guacamole in the restaurant. That's phenomenal. So you're getting fresh, quality food for a value. And in the world we live in today, what a great place to be, right? To be able to tell someone you can choose from any of these 20 things. And it's not like, it is truly a value that you are getting. I mean, like me, you go to the gas station and you're like, this can't be the price of gas right now, right? Like I watch the number go up and I'm like, didn't my car like hold more gas all of a sudden? What happened? And no, no, same <laughs> amount of gas held, just much more expensive to fill it up. So again, I think that that's been a phenomenal campaign, leaning into those things, leaning into what a customer needs right now, as well as fulfilling a void, right? We all feel like my Starbucks was six something the other day for the same drink that I used to get for four twenty five. It's now six something. And I remember looking at it going, that can't be right. Like, when did it get pushed over $5 for this one drink that let's be honest, I probably don't need to be drinking, but I still go get it. I could get three. I could get a full meal at Del Taco for my one coffee at Starbucks, right? That's crazy. So it hit on all of those things for us and very timely with everything that's happening in the world today. Interesting. So what I'm hearing, speaking to the psychology of wow, Del Taco has delicious tacos and fresh ingredients. That's one thing. But you are going past that and thinking about what is top of mind for consumers today. And it's inflation. Everything is getting more expensive. So hitting on that topic as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm super proud to be a part of it. Again, I give the credit to Tim and the team that cultivated this and created this idea. And we got to help execute it from a MarTech standpoint and spread the word. And... I love it. For those listening that aren't 
as familiar with the MarTech title. <laughs> what does it mean to be the vice president of marketing technology at Del Taco? I'm still figuring that out every day. It's wonderful. So it used to be IT or technology lives separate, marketing lives separate, and then they'd have to come together and work together. My job kind of straddles both of those things. I have an understanding of technology. And then what we know is in marketing, everything that used to be paper is now plugged in, right? It's all technology. So my joke is always that I touch anything that touches a computer or mobile device, which is everything, right? But it's a lot of fun. And my job title did not exist before I joined the company. They were creating this position and I filled that void for them. So it was a new position. There are still a lot of restaurant companies that don't have marketing technology people. They sometimes have digital marketing people that start to lead into that space. But the fun stuff is I get to handle everything with our cross-functional team from like digital menu boards through digital media, right? Like, so, like I said, if it has to be plugged in, there's a chance our team gets involved. Interesting. And where does MarTech fall on the org chart? Is it under marketing? Is it under technology? It's under marketing. Okay. But the good news is, again, we work super cross-functionally. Which is great. And we have team members in all these different departments that we work really close with. And that's what's wonderful about it because I am not in operations and I'm not in IT. So we have to be close and we have to be joined at the hip in order to actually push certain projects over the finish line. Right. And you mentioned before, you also advise young people as well. I understand you're an advisor to Built by Girls. Can you tell us more about Built by Girls? So Built Built by Girls is, it helps high school and college-aged women who are focusing on some sort of STEM function activity. They either want to learn more or they have like a startup they're working on but they want to cultivate that and they want to be connected to a mentor or an advisor. And so I've worked with folks all over the US. Some have startups that they're trying to get off the ground at a high school level, which is insane to me. And like, I look back and I'm like, I thought I was really good at what I did and like really (laughs) successful. But then you look at some of these high schoolers and you're like, I need to step it up. Holy cow, like they're impressive. Or just women who are really looking into like, do I want to go into like a MarTech space? Do I want to go into like this type of activity? Because it has heavily been male skewed for so long. And so having a woman they can speak to that has done this is few and far between for a lot of them. And they will say, I have this professor, this guy professor as a mentor, and I have this person as a mentor. Oftentimes, nine out of 10 times, it's all men. And they're excited to talk to a woman and they go, you know, am I going to get held back for female leadership and stuff? And I said, I haven't like, keep going, power through, you can do it. And it's been really probably more fulfilling for me than them in some cases, (laughs) because I'm able to see the change that it creates in them. And I'm able to see the energy and the ambition that they have. And that is very fulfilling for me as well. It's amazing. And lucky women that are able to get mentored by sounds like an incredible program. If you could go back to senior year of high school and do college again, would you have studied something different? I would not. And here's why. Because theater, one, taught me so much about being a leader. It taught me so much about empathy and emotional IQ. 
but it was a family. And we had at Illinois State, there was this place called the Airport Lounge. It wasn't an airport. It was the space between two buildings that they had built to connect the two buildings. And they called it an airport lounge because the little like snack kiosk looked like it was in an airport. And it was just set up with like long tables and a hodgepodge of chairs that they probably found on like the side of the street. And in between classes, you just hung out there and you hung out and you built relationships. And it was all people like me. And I would say like, when I say like me, it was people who felt like outsiders. They didn't really ever know where they fit in, but all of a sudden for the first time in their life, they felt like they fit somewhere. They fit in this airport lounge that where people came through and between classes gave each other hugs and checked on each other. And it really was a weird family that existed. And another piece of it is like, again, it sounds insane, but we would do a four square marathon for 40 hours straight where you literally all together played four square. Foursquare, like the kid Foursquare game to raise money for scholarships and funds. And it built relationships. It built connections. It built this thing that I needed more than anything, which is to find a place to belong, to find acceptance in a world where I spent a lot of time trying to figure out like, where do I fit in? And who, like, how do I connect with people? So I say that because it not only did it teach me a lot about that and help me feel accepted, But also it helped me learn a lot of the things that I use today in my job, like saying yes to things and embracing things and continuing to push forward and accepting rejection, right? That's what theater teaches you. Like, I'm not going to get every part. And it's for no other reason than I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I'm too tall, I'm too short, I'm not smart enough, I don't sound good, I sound too nasally, I can't do a British accent to save my life, like, but it's not something I can change, right? Like I can't be a hundred pounds lighter tomorrow for this role. So I'm not right for it. So you accept that rejection and you move forward. It taught me all those things. I don't know that studying a different career path could have taught me those things. It's amazing. I want to go to your school and hang out with theater crew. Oh, it's so, (laughs) it's so wonderful. And I will tell you, I have a friend who his son is going completely different, like on a baseball scholarship to Illinois State. But he stopped there one day when they were looking and he went in to see the theater that I was in, right? Like, go see it. And the custodian, the janitor that's been at the school for years, asked him how he could help him. And he said, oh, I have a friend that used to go here years ago. He said, what's the friend's name? And he told him my maiden name. And the janitor was like, oh, I know her. Yeah, I remember her. Like she used to sit over here, blah, blah. And like, that's how close of a group it was And also how caring, like it didn't matter if you were the janitor, the professor, the dean, you were all accepted in this space. And that was amazing. That is amazing. Oh, man, I could go on a whole tirade about what universities can be doing different in terms of (laughs) motivating students to just, I mean, one, have such a tight knit community that you experience two, to study things that you're passionate about and interested in. And then three, maybe complement that with a couple of classes that are practical to what you're going to need in the future, like some Excel skills or personal finances. (laughs) It's a conversation. I will tell you that. Have you watched Ted Lasso? I feel like everybody's watched Ted Lasso at this point. Oh, yeah. The coach Beard, Mm -hmm. he went to Illinois State. He studied theater at Illinois State. And 
a lot of the same things. Like he could probably tell you about the four square marathon. He could tell you about Saturday night midnights. We called it theater Ted. You got up there and you could perform anything. And it was about daring to suck. Get up there and be horrible, but get up there. And it's really interesting because he talked about that in an interview. And I was like, yes, yes, that's what college was like. That was wonderful. And it was the same thing. He said it was inclusive and connecting and John Malkovich, all of these guys, they all went to ISU and they had the same experience. It's wonderful. It's incredible. Whenever I'm feeling down or need a reset, I watch the darts scene from the first season of Ted Lasso. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Great great scene. Aaron, this has been so interesting. What's coming up next for Del Taco? Can you give us a sneak peek on anything exciting going on? There's so much continued growth. Like we are really excited for the future. It's only positive. I wouldn't have joined the brand if it wasn't such a successful and continuous momentum brand that I've seen. Everybody, when I first joined, people were like, oh, you're going to like QSR, fast food? And I was like, no, you don't understand. And when I go out to California, like in Wisconsin, people, they're not as familiar with Del Taco, but you go to California and anytime I pull up to the headquarters, people lose it. They get so excited. Oh my gosh, do you work here? This is amazing. And I'm like, yes, like it is amazing, right? Like we have delicious food. We're going to continue to do what we do best and we're going to continue to grow. So keep an eye on us. I think it'll be very positive. I love it. Last part of the interview before we let you go is called the lightning round. Four questions. First thing that comes to mind for all four questions. All right. First question. What is your favorite youth sports memory? It would be... It's not like sports sports. It would be dance, dance team. Mm -hmm. I was on the dance team in high school. And I remember being mentored by two seniors when I was a freshman. And they would run alongside me because I couldn't run a mile to save my life. And they would run with me and they would help motivate me and cheer me on. And it was very humbling, but also really motivational. So that was a big memory for me to help encourage people to cross that finish line. I love it. When you were in elementary school, what did you want to be when you grew up? In elementary school, I wanted to be a lawyer because I would watch lawyers on TV and they got to argue. And I was really good at arguing. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to do that. But it turns out they were actors and that transitioned that very quickly. Oh, interesting. What is a brand whose marketing you admire most? Dove. I love Dove because they've done so much in body image and self-acceptance for women. And I think that that is just like someday if I could work, like what a passion to work on helping other women accept their bodies and selves and to get rid of negative self-talk. So I think they do a really great thing and they go way beyond what their product is. Yeah, I love it. And then finally, what is your go-to cause to support? Safe families. So I have lots of causes I support. I'm on the board of the American Heart Association. I love supporting that. But Safe Families right now, they are all over the US. You can get involved in safefamilies.org. They help keep kids out of foster care by helping parents who are in crisis and need help for just a short time. So whether it's a couple months or a parent gets incarcerated and they need a little bit of help in between that, we've taken in kids who don't have a home for a short time and then we're able to reunite them with their parents and help them fulfill them and through a Christian organization. And so that has been really fulfilling for our family. I've seen the work that it can do. I've seen the parents it can help. I've seen the kids it can help. Even 
even if it's you're just a bright light in their life for like a minute, how much help that creates for them. And they need all the support that they can get right now. So safefamilies.org. I love it. Aaron, I am so excited to see what's next for Del Taco and what awards come next in your amazing repertoire. I, you know, It's been amazing following your career and really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Wingren Podcast with our special guest, Aaron Levzo, the Vice President of Marketing Technology from Del Taco. On the show, we discussed a lot of incredible topics like her incredible career trajectory from theater to marketing, the importance of perseverance and never giving up, and how to optimize your life in order to have that right work-life balance. I'm your host, Evan Brandoff. Really appreciate you tuning in. See you next time. Play on, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show and leave a rating at leagueside.com slash podcast. For more educational and inspiring content, you can follow Leagueside on LinkedIn and Instagram at leagueside underscore. See you next time.